I'm absolutely besotted with all fish. So I feel if we're going to take a fish from the ocean, I have to get the most value out of him. And to do that, I need to look after him the best and really ensure that the quality is perfect so that people down the line can appreciate it. This is Fishtales, a seafood podcast. I'm John Sussman. South Africa is a unique and special place. With over 10,000 marine species along some 3,500 kilometres of coastline, it's home to some of the largest single species fisheries in the world. South African hake is the fish inside the batter of one in four fish and ship orders worldwide. Fishing is a strange business in the modern world. It remains as the last protein that still relies on the skills of the hunter, yet the industrialization of the fishing process has been the cause for much destruction of marine resources. Greenfish is a business heading in the opposite direction. It's a South African supplier of sustainable, fresh fish sourced exclusively from low-impact fisheries. Born of founder Ryan Nienabar's love for fishing in the ocean, Greenfish champions responsible fishing practices while celebrating how truly special seafood is to eat. Ryan Nienabar is truly a star of the sea. On my fifth birthday, my dad bought me a little yellow fishing rod and most kids want to party with the, the sweets and balloons and all I wanted to do was go down to the river. So we went down to the river on my fifth birthday with this yellow fishing rod that, that he had bought me and uh, I caught my first fish that day on, on age five. Um, since then, every puddle, stream, dam, rock pool, ocean, no matter where it is, has been my addiction for the rest of my life. And uh, from that, that's when it was born. And I fished through high school to make pocket money and the business really developed from there. Uh, after school when I formalized it into what you could call a real business, um, starting out of mom's driveway with one, with one delivery vehicle and then did a major upgrade and put a, a chest freezer in mom's garage and uh, just grew it very organically from, from there on up. So I'm based in Cape Town in South Africa. So I'm the founding member of a company called Greenfish. I grew up as a blind fisherman here on the west coast and uh, spent most of my youth catching fish on the southern tip of Africa in Cape Agulhas where we formed a love for the ocean with my brother and myself. We grew up as handline fishermen and we developed this, this passion into a business that services the high-end restaurants for the last almost 20 years. And now going into this lockdown COVID period, we've gone from a B2B business to a B2C and we are servicing the home consumers with fresh fish that is caught daily from our artisanal handline fishermen. They are very indeed in very, very fortunate consumers. They are getting fantastic produce from sea to plate in under 24 hours delivered to their door. The home port of Greenfish is Cape Town at the edge of the southwest corner of the African continent and the safe haven from some of the roughest waters on the planet. We are very blessed with our geographic location. We obviously, being the southern tip of Africa, we get the, the cold water funneling down the west coast in the Benguela current and we get the hot water funneling down the east coast, which is the Mozambique current. And this forms a, a melting pot of 
of sea life off, off of Cape Point. So we get all our nutrient-rich bait fish from, from the cold water and all our predator fish from the hot water, and it just becomes a, a feeding frenzy. And we predominantly target the pelagic species here of yellowfin tuna, albacore, which we call longfin, yellowtail, and snook. In our sector, being line fishing and pole fishing sectors, that those are the fish that, that we concentrate our efforts on, purely because their numbers are, are really healthy and it, it's uh, a more viable option for, for us to pursue on our small scale size fishing. There are a number of other sectors which are targeting um, things like hake and kingclip, uh, but those are with, with nets and other methods. Around the world, there is a growing movement of artisan fishers for whom quality over quantity is the mandate and where the passion of the hunt and respect for the catch is the primary driving principle. Ryan is one such fisherman. Any normal businessman would say, Ryan, what are you doing? Your economies of scale are way out. You're crazy to do what you do. And they would be 100% right. Our, our method and our style of fishing is very low impact it's it's somewhat prehistoric in a way if you look at at the gear we're literally using a little hand line and a fishing hook and that's manned by one one person so it's it's one hook one line one fish at a time is the the way that we're catching it and as i say we we heavily under gunned in terms of we're very limited with the size of our boats so we've got a lot of weather constraints our, our technology is pretty backwards and uh, as I said if you wanted to uh, you know that the joke in this business is how do you make a small fortune you start with a big one and um, you know any business savvy man would say Ryan no get a big net and just whip out the whole school and then you your your petrol and expenses versus your award is going to be greater but this is something that that absolutely runs in my veins and what I love and I'm not going to change what I do for anything. Fishing is a tough and gruelling job. The hook and line fisherman's job made even harder by the limited catch, long hours, and in the case of Ryan, some of the most dangerous waters to be found. A simple day at the office means literally putting his life at risk. So as most fishing journeys begin, it's, a, it's a early morning, uh, normally up two, three in the morning. And uh, once we've decided what, what we're going to target and what we're going to, which area we're going to launch, we will obviously do all the preparation the day before um, because different species require different tactics and different tackle. So we'll do our prep the day before, icing and baiting up the boat and getting it ready to, to go to sea. And once we've selected our area and we've, we've checked the weather, we will uh, pretty much launch and head out. And um, so we're focusing a lot at the moment for Yellowtail of Cape Point. So we're going out of Cape Point from sunrise pretty much to sunset. Uh, when, when the day is done, we offload directly into our own uh, refrigerated trucks. We transport it back to our, our family-run and owned uh, facility in Cape Town. And once our orders have been accumulated um, through our online system, those orders get prepped the following morning and get dispatched directly to our customers. So, yeah, that's a, a very short overview. Besides all the the daily, <laughs> the daily, um, you know, winds and grinds of any business with the staff and adhering to HACCP principles and and you know fixing the puncture on the delivery vehicle. Um, those curveballs are all part of of the daily grind.
The International Pole and Line Foundation mission is to develop, support and promote socially and environmentally responsible pole and line and hand line fisheries around the world. Ryan and Greenfish have been at the vanguard of this movement, helping to build artisan coastal fisheries, including the people, communities, businesses and seas connected with them, often in remote locations. So San Celina Island is a small island, roughly eight kilometers by four kilometers that's situated in the middle of the deep Atlantic um, in the south of, of, of the ocean. It's, it's, if you draw a line between Cape Town and America through the ocean, it's kind of in the middle. It's a tiny little speck of land that, that sits there. And it was where Napoleon was exiled to many years ago. As Greenfish, when we heard that there was this airport opening there, we flew over there. We did some workshops with, with the local um, fishermen and we successfully exported the first fresh fish off the island with, with the help of the, the new airline. So, yeah, it was a, a great milestone for, for us. And uh, we were just looking to try and expand their market and their reach and develop a, a new community-based fisherman, fish, uh, fishery. So they catch a bit of wahoo, a little bit of grouper. They've got a couple endemic uh, lobsters that they have there. One of them, slipper slipper lobster, very similar to the Morton Bay bug. And uh, they've got a, a spiny long-legged lobster, but all endemic to the area. So predominantly they're focusing their attention on yellowfin and big-eye tuna. Uh, one of the, the interesting challenges that we faced um, – being a, a very remote island nation is something simple. If we pack, pack tuna here in Cape Town, I pick up the phone, I phone the box man and I say, hey bud, I need a thousand cartons on Friday. We're doing a pack and Friday morning there the boxes are. In Santelina, we couldn't even get a box. We had to fly our first boxes over there in an aeroplane and from using a traditional styrofoam insulated box, we had to look at something that we could flat pack and, and assemble on the island. So we had all these interesting challenges and uh, yeah, it made the project very exciting. With a culinary scene that has exploded over recent decades and a broad range of seafoods coming from across the African continent, it seems that Cape Town is definitely a place to watch. Indeed, until COVID, was regarded as the number one tourist destination in the world. South Africa as a nation is, is very young. We don't carry the, the history of, of Europe and these very established, um, uh, I want to say, old ways of cooking. We have a lot of very talented up-and-coming chefs that are doing revolutionary work with, with some of our local produce. And one of the things that that is becoming really great is that they're hearing local and fresh produce over imported things at the moment and and i'm really grateful for this because we're giving appreciation and respect to fish that that's been caught locally and served locally so cape town being one of those magical tourist destinations that we are fortunate enough to live in draws a huge number of tourists every year so we've got a real good um food foodie following in, in Cape Town with tourism and our local trendsetters. So our seafood is great. We, we're very blessed to have um, options from both both the hot and the cold side. So we, we get a diverse um, list of, of fish from uh, langoustines out of Mozambique to 
beautiful fatty tunas off, off Cape Point, sea basses. Uh, we, we've absolutely got a melting pot of, of variety here. So we are very diverse culture for starters. So we've got um, a, a nation with very poor people and we've got a, a nation with, with some very wealthy people. So the divide across our population is, is quite vast. On, on your, your low LSM consumer, those guys are eating fish simply to survive. So they're looking, what is the maximum protein I can get for my the money that I have on hand? They're things like um, mass bunker, or we also call it horse mackerel, uh, snook, which is very similar to the New Zealand barracuda. Those, those consumers are eating these um, cheaper fish where they're getting a couple kilos of protein for their few rands. On the on the other side of the, the scale, on the, on the higher side, we've got beautiful East Coast soles, which is an absolute delicacy, um, much similar to what you and I ate in, in Brussels at the Dover sole. And we've got, <laughs> we've got um, things like our yellowfin tuna, which I feel is a world-class fishery on our doorstep. We've got... Uh, where the fishermen are, are applying the right techniques, we've got sashimi grade yellowtail. So we also have the the king clip, which you refer to as, as the ling, and that's just about on every single menu in in South Africa as as a go to. So yeah, we've we're very blessed. I wouldn't say we have one species that that takes the cake in that regard. South Africa is a country still divided between rich and poor. The need to simply survive means that pretty much everything that is caught has a mouth to go to. The use of underutilised species is not a fashion, but a reality. For Ryan, the notion of eating local, underutilised species is sustainability in action. I think what's what's been overlooked for many years are some of our low-value species. And everybody was on this huge um, Norwegian salmon uh, gravy train if you want to call it for, for many years and you know if you look at the carbon footprint from that from from to be flown all the way to South Africa to be served in in a restaurant yeah and you're not eating local there's been a couple of our, our smaller fish species which are previously been undervalued that are starting to be heroed by by some of these chefs there's, there's a fish called the black bream which traditionally a lot of only the artisanal handline guys went out and caught and it was traditionally a very low value item and now I see the, the price on that are, are going up and it's uh, driving the fishermen to go and target those fish which is great so they're using fish that are where the resource is healthier so so that that's one of the, the examples on, on the fishing side on the aquaculture side there's a lot of abalone being grown here a lot of oysters and mussels and uh, in response to that salmon uh, um, sh shortage, if you want to call it, there are guys on the west coast which are growing uh, freshwater trout in the ocean. They're calling it an ocean trout. So born born in freshwater and raised in seawater in the in the cold um, Atlantic Ocean, and it's giving it a different flavour profile and and really something to look forward to as an alternative to uh, imported product. The tuna is a mighty fish. Built for speed, it is one of the few warm-blooded fish in the sea. It is the fisherman's fish to catch and the sashimi aficionado's fish to eat. For Ryan, the tuna is absolutely the king of the sea 
a challenge to find, hard to catch, and worthy of maximum respect. I'm absolutely besotted with all fish. But if I had to choose one, it's a tuna. Just the whole anatomy, how the fins fit into the side of, of the body, how the speed and the shape and how the eyes are shaped. It's just totally intriguing. And from a fishing aspect, it's this cat and mouse game of somewhat trying to, to trick him into taking a, a baited hook, which, you know, it's, it's the hunter and the prey um, back and forward cat and mouse game that, that goes on and really learning to understand the, the conditions and, and, what, what in, and the environment to be able to catch these fish. But for me, as someone that's harvested from the ocean my entire life, I find great satisfaction in when we take a fish out the ocean to give it the absolute respect it deserves by giving him the best life possible once we've taken him. And what I mean by that is ensuring that, that quali the quality is excellent. So I feel if we're going to take a fish from the ocean, I have to get the most value out of him. And to do that, I need to look after him the best and really ensure that the quality is perfect so that people down the line can appreciate it. I can appreciate all seafood. So whether you're going to serve me a jellyfish that's sashimied or a, a common bream or the best piece of toro in Skiji fish market, I, I appreciate all seafood for what it is. How I want it prepared? I want it prepared as basic as possible. If, if I only have a choice, I'll say for any piece of grilled fish, salt and pepper and a, and a dollop of butter and I'm happy because I want to taste the fish. I don't want it drowned in sauce or anything that will distract from the hero of the dish, which is the fish. The seafood world is changing fast. With every consumer only two mouse clicks away from an opinion, the needs of the consumers, distributors and fishermen are often being determined by influences out of their hands, but the relationship between the source of supply and the end diner has never been of more importance. I believe South Africa, well, I think the world's markets are on a, on a pivotal point of change and I believe that our industry is going to change going forward. I like to think I'm one of the front runners in our evolution of what we're doing. And I think what we, we're doing as a family fisher business and forging those relationships between our consumers and the fishermen is, is going to take a, a stronger approach going forward where traditionally people are buying at supermarkets and they had no connection to their, their produce. I feel I'm seeing this, this relationship forge and I'm truly feeling like a fishmonger at the moment where um, Mrs. Jones down the road is saying, hey Ryan, thank you, that was a beautiful fish. Uh, tomorrow, do you mind just cutting it into smaller portions for me because uh, the husband's not going to be home for dinner or whatever the case may be. And I, I feel that we're going back to basics in, in that regard to what was done many, many years ago uh, where we, we're going to reconnect people with their, their food, with the story. Fish people are by nature curious and nomadic. They will travel the world for a seafood experience, often going to extremes to find that perfect catch or perfect meal. Ryan has spent many years on the seven seas seeking out the ultimate seafood memory. One of the most humbling experiences that, that I've ever had, I was in Thailand visiting some, 
some muscle and prawn farms and the people invited me into their home for lunch and this house was on stilts in the middle of, of this um, bay and they prepared a, a barramundi for me steamed and we ate this, my wife and I ate this traditional fish that they had steamed and it just I still remember the flavours, the look in that lady's face when we ate this fish and I felt so embarrassed because this fairly um, humbled family that's invited us into their house and I couldn't finish all the food that they, they had provided for us and I felt so embarrassed for not finishing this meal because it was simply too much and um, oh man I, I just it, it just re re reminisces through my veins when I'm thinking of this sitting in that hut on the ocean and eating this steamed fish and yeah it's, it's this build up of all these little um, memories that we, we get through our lifetime that I suppose makes us who we are. This is Fishtails, a seafood podcast. A Deep in the Weeds production, I'm John Sussman. Follow us on Instagram at Fishtails Seafood Podcast or email us at fishtailspodcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay tuned for more tales from beneath the surface of the seafood world every Friday on your podcast app.